Now I'd like to introduce tonight's moderator, Miss Megan Daum. Megan is an opinion columnist at the Los Angeles Times and the author of three books, most recently the memoir, Life Would Be Perfect If I Lived in That House, which was excellent. Her essays and articles have appeared in magazines including The New Yorker, Harper's, and Vogue. She is currently writing a new collection of original essays based around the theme of American sentimentality. Please give a warm welcome to Megan Down. Thanks, Dulce. Um, well, welcome to Can Women Be Funny? Uh, the title was just a way of luring you in here. Um, the sneaky folks at Zocalo knew that would stir up trouble. I think the original title was supposed to be Are All Women Bitches? But um, <laughs> this, this was more polarizing, so we, we stuck with this. Um, so if you're asking yourselves why this question is still being asked, you've come to the right place, because we're going to be asking that question. Um, I also just want to say that since being on a panel called Can Women Be Funny pretty much guarantees that none of us will be funny at all in any way. I want you to just lower your expectations right now in the laughs department. Um, this is going to be a very serious, solemn discussion. So uh, with that said, um, let me introduce our, our panelists. Jeannie Darst is a writer and performer whose work is often featured on the radio program This American Life and in the New York Times Magazine. She's the author of the memoir Fiction Ruined My Family, published by Riverhead. Very funny, very, very funny. Um, and is currently at work um, on a comic dance film. Correct. Um, and an essay about a trip to Beijing to learn Mandarin with her five-year-old son. Um, the paperback edition of Fiction Ruined My Family is coming out November 6th, and by the way, she'll be at Book Soup for a paperback reading party on November 14th at 7 p.m., so mark your calendar. Um, Lisa Zeidner um, is... Um, public she's, she's sort of... I feel like she's our guest of honor because her book just... Pubbed. It's a very funny novel called Love Bomb. She's on book tour now. She's joining us from Philly, the Philadelphia area. Um, she's published five novels, including the critically acclaimed Layover and two books of poems. The new book, Love Bomb, is published by Ferris, Strauss, and Giroux. And the New York Times, um, in a really nice review, I thought, called it edgy, witty, and smart. Also densely packed. I noticed that you didn't quote that part on your website. I don't know why. Densely packed. I, that's positive to Sounds me. Sounds weirdly sexual to well, me. Well, that's. You say that like it's a negative thing. Um, Vandy Fair called it explosively funny. So, okay. Um, her stories, essays, and reviews have appeared in the New York Times, GQ, Slate, Tin House, and elsewhere. She teaches creative writing in the MFA program at Rutgers University in Camden, New Jersey. So we welcome her to town and to this panel. Um, yeah. <laughs> Heather Haverleski is, um, she lives here. She's a local, so we don't need to applaud for her. Um, she's, a regular she's a regular contributor to the New York Times Magazine and Book Forum. She's the author of the memoir, Disaster Preparedness, also very funny. Um, pubbed, published by Riverhead. Previously, she was a TV critic at Salon.com, and she's also written for the Los Angeles Times, um, been featured on All Things Considered, and she writes an advice column on the all. So um, we want to hear about that, because it's very funny and very good advice. Um, and her books are for sale um, outside, I believe, also. So anyway, thank you all for being here. Um, so why are we having this conversation? Why are, are, are I don't want to open this up too generally, but I mean, I think that you guys are all funny. So, I mean, this, this whole question of whether or not women are funny, I feel like it's often raised in the context of the entertainment industry. Um, you know, we're talking about whether women can carry a big Hollywood comedy or, you know, whether a movie like Bridesmaids is an anomaly. So as writers of books, I'm wondering if this question or issue affects you as much as it might somebody who's writing something other than a book. Do you want to, Lisa, you write screenplays and books. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've proven with Bridesmaids that women can make fart jokes. 
So if that's all that is required for a woman to be funny, I think we've, we've won the battle. I think those were di- Onward, ho. diarrhea jokes, but anyway. Um. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, went beyond. it went beyond. Uh, but it makes a big difference in, in the critical reception of books, and I assume that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, serious, big books versus funny books. Jeannie. Oh, um, well, I mean, I've, I've written a bunch of plays, and I'm also a performer, and so I feel like I don't, I don't just write books, so I feel like I have, you know, and I've written things for the screen, but um, uh, I feel like it is, it is an interesting question. It's not completely dead. I would like to know who came up with Can Women Be Funny here at Zocalo? Because um, I, I, I just find it, um, should women be funny, maybe it's more, it's more appropriate. <laughs> Um, I vote yes. No, but um, I, I do think that there's a, there's a lot of economic um, things that are going on, um, and it, it's not just in the area of comedy. I think it is actually a larger, interesting question because I think people are, some people are saying, like Hannah Rosen has this book out called The End of Men, and some people are saying um, that her book is totally overblowing um, women's um, gains and things like that, and that... Um, in, the, in, the, in, in, in colleges and postgraduate degrees, yeah, women are, are really taking off, but that, that there might be some largely sort of symbolic, you know, victories for every one bridesmaids. It's, it's worth, it's, you know, of interest to point out that Nancy Myers, I think, wrote her last movie on spec, which means that, like, she went in and said, I want to you know, write this movie, but she didn't, I mean, she, um... Nancy Myers being a very successful, hugely commercial it, it, Hollywood... Very commercial. Yeah. It's She's complica- not 20. It's complicated. Um, uh, you know, something's got to give. Um, but I, I think it's interesting when I read that, like, she goes in to see if they're going to buy it, like, before writing it, because she doesn't feel like you know, that the big studios are going to necessarily immediately pick up script by her, even though she's made a bajillion dollars for the industry. That's interesting to me. It's like she is dealing with older women, and there's something there which speaks to... And is that a function of comedy, or is it just a sort of general... Is it is it ageism? Is it sexism? I mean, you know, I, I think that there's there's something about humor, if it's in a book or if it's in a movie, that the, the work doesn't automatically sort of doesn't get taken as seriously. You know, there's kind of this veneer of frivolity if something is funny at all. So I, I think there's a veneer of frivolity if it's written by a woman. And uh, also, if you are a woman and you write a book, there, the publisher will give it a veneer of frivolity by putting a roller skate on it, on the cover. <laughs> Um, because that's how you're going to soften it up and sell something by a woman because if it doesn't say vagina, no one is interested. You have to be really upfront about that. I Personally, I, I think that the question, can women be funny, is very... Um, it, it's almost like you could apply it to anything. Like, can women be tall? Can they be green? Can they? Because the question is, are women permitted to be anything? At all? Are they actually? Do we accept women being something? And 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 built into that is, if you're going, you know, if you decide I'm a funny woman, what is the? Or or are you just, you know, I think I'm funny, you know? <laughs> what is the reaction to being something as a woman? I mean, to to me, anything that you are that's out in the world as a woman will be criticized, because. If you're putting it out there, if it's public, if you're, if you're kind of making a show of anything, people don't like for women to get attention for anything. That's my opinion. Well, unless... I'm kind of trying to be funny when I say that, but it's also sort of true. Right, like Hillary Clinton was never more popular than during the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. Yeah. She <laughs> was <laughs> suffering. Like, women right. can suffer. I think she might be more popular now, actually, but yeah. as Secretary of State, but... Women are always secretaries, so you know. <laughs> that's true um, too. Um, I mean, I guess you know. It's, I I wrote. Um, I think it was a. It was almost a year ago. So when Christopher Hitchens died, he who famously wrote the "Can Women Be Funny" piece and or his, his piece in Vanity Fair saying that women cannot be funny, and here's why. 
When he, um, when he died last December, I wrote a column um, that, that took a lot of flack, partly because what I was trying to say perhaps didn't fit in the you know, 54 words that I have um, to write a column, and partly because what I was trying to say was, was sort of counterintuitive and controversial in the way that, that is, my, is my job to say. But, you know, I, what I raise the question is, is, are women, is it possible that women in the aggregate aren't as funny as men in the aggregate because on some level they're not allowed to be. There's I, a sort I of there's a, wait, let me, there's a sort of condition is there a sort of conditioning that, that yes. defeminizes humor and so if you're gonna be a funny woman, you're sort of neutering yourself on a certain level. Lisa, you jumped in first. <laughs> um, we need a buzzer. Yeah, yeah. we need yeah. a buzzer. Um, how many men do you? How many women do you know who tell jokes? Like, have you ever gone to a bar with a female friend and she says, "You got to hear this one." <laughs> I, th I think uh, it's it's partly that there's a kind of humor that's that's very ritualized, that's a male bonding thing. But if I can step back for a minute, I mean, I think comedy, men's comedy, is devalued too. I don't think it's just women. I think what you said to begin with is true, that there is this assumption that if, that King Lear is serious and The Winter's Tale isn't, you know, that, uh, that tragedy is serious and light things are easy. I think comedy is much harder to do than serious stuff. I mean, you can make somebody weep over a dead kid and you can make somebody cry about a puppy that's been abandoned, everybody's going to react the same way. But everybody doesn't react the same way to humor, it's very, to humor because it's very polarizing. So I think men have this issue too. I think, yeah, I think there's two questions here, right? You're talking about humor, you know, versus more serious works and then also can, can are women sort of thought of as, as you know, funny? And, and I would, I would agree. Um, and I would also say that I grew up in a house of four girls, and I mean, I didn't know, since there weren't any you know, guys, I didn't know kids are, were allowed to not be funny. I mean, I thought, like, it was really, that was just in our house, like, my, my, my parents were funny, and it was, it was one of the skills that you needed to have. And if you told bad jokes or said corny stuff, it was like... It's so dull, you know. <laughs> That's so stupid. And I, you know, and I remember like when my book was in galleys and I would send it to my, you know, my sister and I was like, what do you think? And she's like, well, I mean, clearly, you know, the first 50 pages is pretty boring, but then it does pick up. I mean, like, like the standards in my family were just unbelievable. And I would also say that, I mean, I just <coughs> had aunts and, who were really, really funny and um, women in the Midwest, particularly Chicago and stuff like I just... I felt like I just saw so many funny women, and Wait, I. Are you saying that women in the Midwest are funnier than I, on the I, coast? They're nicer, but no. Um, <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> no, I just think that. Um, we'll get back to that. Uh, yeah, you've that, you got that time. I, I sort of grew up in a house because there there were no you know boys. You 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 were funny and scrappy, and and you you had to be sort of you had to be interesting. And well, my brother was not funny at all. <laughs> So I was the I was the funny one, the youngest. The youngest. Is often That's the funniest. Is that true? Right? Yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah. The youngest, because everybody makes fun of you, and you really don't have any choice but to make fun of yourself in order to survive. I mean, you pretty much accept that you're kind of a little bit of a joke, and as long as you're a joke, oh look at me, oh I fell down, oh. <laughs> Super well, you know, all you fall humor, down. but all humor springs from that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Freud said, um, you know, somewhat more eloquently than this, that the only reason <laughs> to make art was to get laid. Uh, and that men made art. So true. It is true. Uh, men made art because if they were skinny little dweebs uh, without any money and they wanted to get girls, they could be funny. Uh, well, Ashley was talking about Michelangelo, I think, not Woody Allen. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, uh, what is the female analog for being Woody Allen and getting Mia Farrow? Or for being Arthur Miller and getting Marilyn Monroe? What's the analogy for any woman by accomplishment getting a mate? And I think that's where the women's humor thing screws up. Because women aren't uh, really, it doesn't seem seemly to make art to get laid. 
if you're a woman. Well, yeah, there's also the, the, I do think that there's something inherent in, in comedy and in being a funny person that is um, very powerful. And um, I think that it's, it's like an outward articulation and of things that you see and feel are just or unjust or whatever. And, and I do think that there's, you know, traditionally women are to be seen. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to... Um, well, it's so much about putting yourself down, being funny. I mean, I think self-deprecation is a huge part of it. And so for, for a woman to be sort of poking fun at herself, it may not have the sort of intrinsic charm, at least by certain, you know, cultural standards, that a man making fun of himself would have. Does that resonate at all, or is that just my self I think, self I think it depends opinion? on how it's done. I mean, I think... It, I'm still talking to him, Mike. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it's. I think it depends on how it's done. It's sort of like, it, if you are apologetic, you know, apologetic isn't funny at all. Apologetic is very unfunny. Unless, uh, let's see, there are probably characters that are sort of apologetic that are kind of funny, like um, that guy in the office who's in the basement who talks in a really quiet voice. That's my stapler. That that kind of thing. Oh, office but, space. Office, office space. space. The office. I just said yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, but uh, there's an aggressive kind of self-deprecation, I think, that's a little bit um, almost defensive that can be funny. I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like it's all, but, but funny, I mean, funny is so not funny to talk about. Mm. Yeah, so, this is, ugh. No, would would um, Larry David be funny as a woman? Because I know lots of women just like him. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, if it were a female character... And she had a kind of dutiful, um, polite, sweet husband. I know a lot of women like that. Uh, and she was asking for all that attention. <laughs> Are you looking at her like yes, she's Yes, I think she fits the bill. She's a very sweet, nice husband. I'm and she's really too. I'm a real jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I but think... Would, what would the show feel like? Because I don't think that... I, I mean, I think part of what you're celebrating is the fact that you know that Larry David is really doing okay, right, in life. He's doing okay. So there's this separation that's achieved. And it was the same with Woody Allen. He's always going to get the girl... I mean, there's not always. No, I mean he's in the movie. How old is he now? In the movie, I mean, there's, a, the, there's a an expiration. Alvy Singer, Alvy Singer. He doesn't seem to think so. Well, but I mean, there is a sort of, I think, in male comedy, this kind of default persona is schlubby, dorky guy. So. And I don't want to just confine this conversation to stand-up comedy because none of us are stand-up, so we can sort of shift away from that. But, I mean, how do you think of your persona, or do you even think of it, when you're writing in the first person, say, a memoir, and it, it ends up being funny? I mean, do you, do you say, I'm just going to, like, be totally truthful and embarrassing and say the truth, and it's just going to end up being funny? How does that actually happen for you? Jeannie, do you have any thoughts? Um, I... Don't think that I ever set out to write anything funny, and I think if I did, it would be really unfunny. Like this conversation, talking about humor is not that funny. If we start talking about death, things would pick up. They would definitely pick up. Um, so I think that, like you know, the story that I wrote about my family is um, very upsetting and uh, to me, and 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 serious and. And so that's what allow, and I just tell it in a funny way. I mean, I do think that I'm, I'm actually concerned with, like, I'm actually expressing pain um, in most things that I write, or loneliness, or uncertainty, or something that is, is actually real, that isn't, you know, um, scatological. Did you think it was funny? There's a lot of stuff in my book that I think is incredibly funny. But I mean, when you were writing it, did you think this is a funny book? Yeah, yes. There's a scene, this, like, I, I always think of this one scene in the book where my mother, who was this crazy alcoholic, you know, I went into her bedroom and she was They're like... They're already laughing. Yeah, she was drunk and <laughs> she was on this like gold satin divan that she had in her bedroom with the ashtray and the drink, you know. And she was like, I'm going to do it, baby. I'm going to jump. And I think I was like 12 at the time, and I was like, you know, because she would get suicidal around this time every night, and I was sort of like, <laughs> and I was, I was incredibly worried about her, and I was just like, oh, mom, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump, baby. And I realized she meant off the divan. 
I, she was like leaning, I'm going to jump. You know, I don't know where her mind was, but I was like, I remember even as a 12-year-old going, my God, like, is anybody else in my class dealing with this situation right now? At 11 o'clock at night, they just want to go to bed. And I remember thinking, I mean, I always saw my family as characters, and I always saw that they were incredibly was painful and sad and, and very, very funny. So to me, they're, they're linked. I can't separate those things. I don't think I could write a sitcom, I, you know. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's funny because people say, oh, you're so funny, you should do stand-up, you should write a sitcom. But it's a very different kind of approach. I, I mean, so Lisa, when you, you know, this last novel, it's, it's hilarious, but it's also the setup, the premise is not funny at all. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a hostage situation and there's yeah, and you know. it came out right after Aurora and one um, oh. interviewer said to me are you worried about copycats and I said it's a you know woman in a bridal dress and a gas mask I don't I don't think there're going to be millions of people like storming weddings in South also, Jersey Also you should be with, so lucky that would be great publicity. Yes, it would, would, would be great publicity I mean, so But so, what was the question Well no did you uh, I mean this is a did you say I'm going to write like a comic novel about a, a, a terrorist hijacking a wedding, or um, it just came out funny? I, I think that I don't do tragedy very well. Um, so, you know, this is, I think it's a tragic novel. Um, in my mind, it's very sad. Uh, no, I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I don't know about you, but I don't like reading things that are tonally just one thing. I like things that have, you know, like a good wine, like a little sharpness and some sweetness and some acidity, you know, just a full-bodied, I don't know where I'm going with this at this point, but I, I like a kind of mix of tones, and all of the writers who I most admire, it, you would be hard-pressed to say in a sentence what the tone is. Like, what's the tone of Lolita? Is Lolita funny? I mean, I think it's hysterical, but it's also about a child molester. So I like that mix, and I'm always aiming for the mix. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think when I was writing my memoir, it was a similar kind of thing. It's like you want to, and you know, what Jeannie said, it's sort of like you want to honor the complexity of your experience. And especially growing up as a kid, there are so many experiences that are, there's what you think is happening, and then there's what is really happening that you didn't know until 20 years later, you know? And, that's that, that conflict between um, people's expectations of situations that are so high when you're young and then the sad, scary reality of the situation, like thinking your mom, like, do other people have, you know, just the confusion that, you know, that creates complexity in and of itself. And the, the kinds of books that are not funny at all are the ones that um, are kind of cut and dry and basically say, you know, this is how it was. You know, I don't like the folksy memoir, for example, that's just like, well, it was like this, and this is how it went, and that I was never surprised because, you know, this is the way life goes. And it's not, you know, it's like, I was never an idiot. I was the, I'm the hero of this book. You know, that's not funny. It's like, you know, you have to kind of be uh, open to the complexity of the experience in order to make, um, you know, to bring all of the colors out. Right, well, of. it's like that old adage, if you slip on a banana peel, you're a fool. If you tell the story of slipping on a banana peel, you're the hero, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, sort of have to own the experience. But, I mean, do you guys ever write anything that's totally serious? Like, do you have the occasion to just write something that is very, not earnest, I don't want to use that word, but do you... Does that ever come up for you? And is it, do you find yourself just like kind of letting jokes in or humorous tonal things go in because you can't help yourself? I mean, I'm working on a long piece about Alice Munro's fiction. And I like her fiction. She isn't very funny. Uh, she really isn't. So I think cracking jokes there would be inappropriate. <laughs> um, although there's a temptation. <laughs> I mean, there's something about, I mean, this kind of like, there, I want to just get back to this kind of, you know, when women would talk about like, oh, I really like this guy because he's smart and funny. And you don't necessarily hear a man saying, except my husband, of course, I like her because she's smart and funny. 
all of our I don't know. significant sure? others. But not, I'm, sure? I'm in the aggregate. I'm talking about like very, very, you know, very general sort of, you know, stereotypical terms. Because I, it seems like, you know, the sort of sexy thing for the woman to be is, you know, really earnest or, you know, like a, like a human, human rights activist. No, no, you don't like earnest? There is a certain, if you guys are here, then this is not a, this is not a representative sample. You don't count. <laughs> That's a very sophist argument. You can't dismiss him just yeah. because he disagrees with you. You know, listen to the man. Um, no, but it's like, do you ever sort of, are you ever aware of yourself as like somebody who could just never be that person? Like, I always feel like I could never be that Doctors Without Borders person. And that's why? Goofy. Because you're too funny? Well, also, I uh, I have other medicine. reasons why I couldn't <laughs> right. do it. You, know? you will not perform surgery on me because you are too funny. <laughs> No, you know what I mean? No, I've lost you. For me, I don't know. For me, I mean, I feel like I um, have never, ever managed to keep a man around without being funny because (laughs) I'm such a pain in the ass otherwise, you know? I mean, I have to have something. I mean, you know, like funny, funny people, usually there's a lot of anger. Bullshit. There's a lot of it, right? I mean, you know, there's complex. There's a complexity of emotion that goes along with funny. We've all seen Punchline. What was that movie with um, Sally Field and is it Tom Hanks? Where they're all depressed. They're all comedians, oh. but they're all miserable. And it's not a very funny movie either. I don't think is it? Maybe there are a few jokes in it. Anyway, I mean, personally, I, I, my. My husband was a fan of this cartoon I used to write, and you know he was a fanboy. I mean, I, I don't, I can't imagine. So you got a guy? I got, I got, I have made it happen. I made it work. Because <laughs> I'm a jerk, I really am. So I mean, you know, you got, you got to find something to sell. I feel like I, I actually think that there's the there's popular culture, right? And then there's people. And so popular culture, yeah, I don't think that. People, funny women aren't really appreciated. You know, they aren't. But that, but that's, is that the case? I mean, what we're saying is that they are appreciated. They're an appreciated. Well, I don't think. I think they're very underappreciated. For a minute, we we haven't mentioned it, but this new book is out uh, by Yale Cohen called "We Killed." That's about it's an oral history of women in comedy and. To the one, everyone in that book is quoted as saying, I had to negotiate, I was either too pretty or not pretty enough, I wore too much lipstick, I didn't wear enough lipstick. You know, it all had to do with appearance. And they're I mean comedians that they're saying? Yeah. 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 Like, you know, you, you all read the Phyllis Diller obituary that she teased up the hair and wore the moo-moos. She had, had a big facelift. What? She had a big facelift. But in the right. book, she says, I, try, I had an amazing figure, and I had to downplay it, or people would pay too much attention to that, because in those days, if you were pretty, they didn't take you seriously as a comedian. And then, and but then the, one after one says that. Yeah, that they're they all talking get about gigs. how you can't. But now, these days, it's sort of shifted, and it's like, she, you know, there was a whole chapter where it was just like, she, but she's a gorgeous girl. Like, they had all these people commenting on comedians, and all that anyone could say was, but she's so gorgeous. It's amazing that she's also funny. But is that what, Lisa, was that how that struck you? I mean, did you, did, did, were you reading about those old times? Because I remember thinking, well, has, how much has changed? Because, you know, Joan Rivers, she actually, she would make fun of her th- thighs and, her, you know, but yet she would sort of do herself up. I mean, well, I wonder what, how much what, has changed. I mean, again, if you want to find racism or sexism, all you have to do is redo the sentence with a guy in it. So um, imagine Woody Allen standing up and somebody saying, well, you're not really good-looking enough to do stand-up, or you're too looking, good-looking to do stand-up. Uh, you know, no, I mean, Hillary Clinton's hair. You know, it, it just all goes back to us having to discuss appearance first, and it's not an issue that the guys have. So it's a little bit of a leg up, because the women always have to negotiate their, their kind of how they're being read. Now, somebody like Tina Fey... Um, she's very uh, a lot of the success. Oh, I'm going to shut up. No, no, please. Uh, well, but a lot of the. Are you about to say something mean about Tina Fey? No, no. I was just. I feel that. Um, I mean, I really. I think she's great. But but she always makes a point of telling you she's a mom. So she's very sexy and she's very good looking. But she's okay. She's not too highly sexualized. You know, she's not really very threatening. She's kind of nice. And I think it makes her a little more lovable to a larger audience than if she were 
Sandra Bernhardt say? And Sandra Bernhardt is so much more interesting. I mean, I'll just, I'll say it, in my opinion. But how, how many Sandra Bernhardts are there out there? I mean, who, who really, I mean, she is somebody who, as a, as a comedian, as a performer, actually, I, I find really exciting and interesting. And, you know, same thing with Fran Lebowitz. Like, I will listen to her mm. all day. If you saw the Martin Scorsese documentary, public yeah. speaking, fantastic. I mean, the woman is like a national treasure, and she's just kind of you know, off to the side, or she just kind of, you know, well, she doesn't produce anything, so I guess that <laughs> would, would help, but, um, uh, I mean, who, who really inspires you that way? I don't know who wants to start. Flannery O'Connor? Mm. Wait, she's dead. <laughs> I mean, in terms of somebody who really is, gets it, you know, who's really getting... I think really getting, Woods yeah. is, a great, is a great example, but what, what's your question? Well, no, I mean, I'm just wondering who, you know, ba given what we know about all these limitations and you're sort of one way or the other way, I mean, who is, who would be either a, you know, a, a writer or a performer that, that you feel really sort of transcends the, the whole question? I mean, I feel like... I think Fran, Amy Sedaris is an amazing uh -huh. example of somebody who is um, able to do, like, real character work. I mean, I remember being, it was many years ago in New York, and my sister and I went to see um, um, a play. Um, I think it was like David Rakoff and Amy Sedaris, and she came out, and she was a donkey, I think, and um, the back of her pants was just covered in shit. And um, it was like the funniest thing. I mean, she will just become any, she, you know, um, she'll go anywhere is, is, is my point about her. And I think she does a lot of different things. I don't think she cares what people think of her. Um, so I think she's great. I think that it is, you know, it's tough because it really, you really have to risk a lot to, to do like what we're talking about. You have to really do a, a lot that just, you know, to say that I don't care what people think about me. Yeah, I mean, have you ever written something and had to say, this is really embarrassing, but it's also really funny, like, which way is it going to go? Am I going to take it out, or am I going to just close my eyes and let the, let it, let the joke happen? I, mean, I always go for keeping it in, <laughs> you know. I mean, my, I, I think that, like, one of the things that people were surprised about with my book is that it's like, there's a lot of scatological stuff in it, um, you know, uh, and then there's also, I think, some, some, you know, there's good writing in it, and I think that there's interesting, you know, dynamics, and, um, but it, it's a mix of high and low. It's definitely a mix of high and low, and I think some people don't really know how to um, interpret that. I think we're really used to things being smoothed out, mm. like you said, and, and, and um, you know, things needing to fall into a certain category. And so, I, I don't know, that's what I find. Well, now that I'm writing fiction, part of the time, I, one of the things I struggle with, and I'm sure, I don't know if you have this problem at all or you, if you just ignore it and, and plow forward, but um, creating female characters who are funny, you know, sort of takes some degree of, uh, you know, you, you want them to be a little bit unlikable because you know, you're, if you're getting any distance from them and making them complicated and, and sort of a mess, you know, um, it's harder to, I feel like you think about Martin Amis or Norman Mailer and, you know, John Updike, like Rabbit is kind of a f super funny character. I, I love that character. Um, he's kind of pathetic and full of himself and arrogant. And, you know, I, I want to write female characters like that, but I don't think that it's, going to be that easy to sell books about female characters who are... Well, you're not uh, even allowed, they're not even, people aren't even allowed to have affairs in novels anymore now that we're in 1957. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, affairs are, are, not, are not a good thing in case somebody never told you that. They're, it's not approved of in the culture. Who and, told you that? Uh, I've heard it, I've heard it over and over and over. That, you know, in a, in a novel, you can't put an affair in a novel? Uh -oh. Well, I mean, really? when I was doing the screenplay for my last novel, which is about a woman who's kind of a bad girl, uh, I was told uh, to get rid of the adultery, but maybe they could act more like Thelma and Louise. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so murder is okay, but, you know, a little dalliance, that isn't okay. I want to put in a vote uh, f just for funny women for Nicole Holof Center. Is that how you say her yeah, name? She's yeah, she's great. Uh, I mean, I think that, that that's the kind of work that I'm just really impressed by and that she gets her films made. And 
I think they're hysterical. She's she's brilliant. She's walking and talking, and what, what else? Lovely and, amazing. Lovely and amazing. Um, Please give was the last right, one. Right. Yeah. And then there's the kids are all right, which I thought was brilliant. L- Lisa Cholodenko's film. Yeah. Lisa yeah. Cholodenko. I mean, really yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, the art's really good too. But those women are working out of. I mean, if we're talking about movies, I mean, they're working out of the mainstream and. I think they would probably tell you that they do have trouble getting their, their movies made. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm just curious, what have these publishers, I just want to know what these publishers have told you. So you can't put, a, you, you can't you put a, a, an affair, but I mean, have, they to, have you ever had an editor say, like, this is too funny, or this is too no. silly, or like, this isn't serious? No, I mean, too transgressive. Women, you know, really, it's just not a fun time for transgressive women. Uh, they're having a very hard time being bad these days. Well, I had a, um, I, my novel went out to a few publishers and they all had problems with the main character who's a woman, well, there are two main characters. One is a woman and one is a man. And I thought the man would be um, a problem because he's having an affair with the woman's life coach, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a dick, right? But the, but the woman is the one that they picked out that was too unlikable in the man. I love that guy. I mean, he is great. But wow. that woman, ooh, she's so controlling. Controlling, yeah. Controlling. Like, like I don't know any women who are controlling. You're right. Or any so man. Interesting. Um, I want to ask you, you're all moms. The sort of mom humor genre mm. um, has picked up lately. <laughs> um, and you know, I kind of had this theory, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, that sort of like the female comedy, like PMS joke um, that kind of reigned in the, was it like in the 80s or something, you know, getting on stage and talking about, you know, cramps and eating a pint of Hagen dazs and all, all this stuff, um, has sort of been replaced by the mom humor. And I mean, obviously, this stuff has been going on. Irma Bombeck was doing this in the 60s, right. but it, it's almost like Roseanne Barr. Any, that was well, her she in was, too. and she was, but you know, she was her show was brilliant. Lucille Ball. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, Tina Fey. Remember in terms I of her right, the kid prop. You know? Yeah, but I'm I mean, in terms of the, like, I have a blog, I'm a mom, I'm writing funny stuff, oh, kids say the darndest things. Um, it's sort of like everyone feels that they can do this. Is that something that you think about as moms? I think, I was actually thinking about this um, because I just wrote an article um, uh, about going to China with my son, and, you know, um, I'm, I'm sort of writing it, and I'm thinking, like, are, are people going to read this, or they're just going to dismiss it as, like, a mom's son essay and think that it's, you know, juice box humor? And, um... <laughs> Did you just I've make that, that I just That's made good. that That's good. Wow. Like great. You can borrow it. And, um... Don't say it. You should patent that. that yeah. Is, yeah. Here. At yeah, juice box humor. Yeah, it sounds like there could be some, yeah, money. And, and so, um... <laughs> I, you know, and then I thought, like, well, why not? Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like somebody's got to go in there and be actually funny, not this like, huh, huh, you know, this. It's 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 like moms are funny too. You know why? Because I'm a mom, and I'm. You know what I mean? It's like I can't I can't sort of like accept these limitations and say like, well, that area that women are working in isn't good, so therefore the entire experience of being a mom isn't funny, and there are no funny moms out there, just because some, you know, people are kind of co-opting it in this really dull, you know, corny, sappy way, Um, in the same way that you can't, like, say that a a comedy set in an old folks home isn't going to appeal to people because it's not going to be rich and funny and interesting, you know, it, it can be. Any situation can be rich and funny and interesting and doesn't have to be hokey, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So I think that the whole mom culture, um, I think that can be done well, is my, is my point. And I think that it is dismissive to say that, um, you know, um, because in that way, like fried green tomatoes, Bridesmaids. I mean, you know, there's a lot that's happened, um, you yeah. know, to, to a lot of different areas, you know. 
in one, the media. One of the other things I noticed with the, the mom stuff is that a lot of the, the sort of go-to joke is like, mm -hmm. oh, and then I smoked a lot of pot, or I'm, you know, I'm such a rebel. Just because I have kids doesn't mean I'm like, I can't you be know, a rock band. Get, a, right, or like I, you know, got completely wasted. So, I mean, right. is that stuff, have you written about your kids and have you thought about like, I'm, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to do this in a different way? Or Yeah, their, their kids are little. Mine's 21. Uh, and uh, I, I made a, a, a solemn uh, pledge to myself that I would never say a word about him in fiction because I think he would kill me. Uh, like, I'm not joking, he would kill me. Uh, and it's his life, and I think when you're a kid, you know, it, being, becoming a character is even harder to deal with than it is for your husband, who I've done it to <laughs> in the past. Um, so it really was a problem for me because there were whole ranges of my experience that I just felt morally I, I couldn't do anything that even suggested my own life. And since my life involved a kid, it was problematic. Hmm. That's interesting. Heather, do you write about your kids? Uh, I mean, I really set a very, I mean, you know, you could read plenty of my stuff and not agree with this, but it, if it's going to be about kids, it's really got to pass a, good, a high bar because, you know, and you got to be really paranoid and show it to, like, skeptical, childless men and, you know, because, you know... It's, I, wrote, I tried to write an essay about my dogs, and that was even worse, actually. <laughs> my kids, I'm a little bit like, you know, they're kind of, they can be a pain in the ass. My dogs, though, can do no evil at all. And I wrote this essay about dog lovers and blah, 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 and I sent it to a friend without dogs, and he was like, this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> you seem crazy. <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, you read mom blogs, and you can relate as a mom, but there's also this, like, ugh. This is nasty. Why are you telling us? Shut up. Um, but by the same token, I mean, they're not supposed to be funny, right? I mean, there's... <laughs> what, they're, the... They serve, mom blogs well, are supposed to... Well, some of them, yeah, I think they are. Yeah. I think they're supposed to be, yeah, charming and oh, funny. Oh, they like, tee I had a margarita, and I just said, you change your diaper That's yourself. That's one version <laughs> of it. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I'm a person, woo! <laughs> Punk rock! You know, I mean, I like the I like that genre. That's like, um, I have a kid, but I also sometimes do things, <laughs> just like I used to do before I had a kid. <laughs> that's just. But like, I mean, the there's no. Is like there that. like a male equivalent of that? I'm trying to think. What well, the kid, the guys with kids sitcom show is like. Right. Whoa. Yeah, I'm Neil Pollock wrote a book called Alternative. He's gotten a baby Bjorn. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. gonna happen? I can't <laughs> hold that kid. <laughs> um, what do you do when I'm super duper funny uh, well no I mean you know because it's sort of this this question of, of getting it and finding your audience I mean I think another thing is that the way the way that that creative ideas are presented these days. I mean, you know, so much writing, it appears on the internet, and then it's immediately followed by a barrage of comments by people who may or may not have gotten the joke at all. I mean, Heather, I remember reading a hilarious piece by you um, in Salon years ago. It was about, it was actually about this very issue you were talking about, how, how people with children are you know, childless whores and they just don't <laughs> get it at all, and it was a Mother's Day piece, and it was clearly a piece of satire. I mean, Clearly. And I think there were, out of like 200 comments, like two people actually got it. <laughs> and it was really... Doing comedy was, for the salon audience it was, was It was dispiriting. Kind of <laughs> well, it was dispiriting. I mean, and again, this... I, what do you what do you do like do you just have to does that that's just the price of doing business and and you know some people are going to get it some people don't or have you been frustrated by sort of the way that that publishing has changed and kind of not allowed the stuff you know sort of not expected the audience to kind of rise to the occasion is I guess what I'm asking is it frustrating I mean I I can just as an example um, in my last novel, the hostage taker in this novel, who's 33 and, and a nut job, is in a suburban community at a Fourth of July party looking around for who she can go out with, and it's all mothers and kids. And she says, the only guys here this my age are autistic and still living with their parents. 
Uh, I got so much hate mail when this article <laughs> appeared in a newspaper. This one girl wrote me and said, um, and you know how Twitter is great for, for haters. You know, it said, uh, you know, you messed with the wrong town, bitch. You better watch your back. Uh, you know, because it was set in this town near where I live in, in Haddonfield, New Jersey. And it's like I tried to explain to the reporter, I'm not saying that everybody in Haddonfield is autistic. And I, don't, I don't have anything against autistic people. I think they're very nice, you know. But, I mean, even the tone of a line like that, you're going to lose 90% of the audience. And so, you know, you write for the one percenters, the, the, really, the people who are going to get your jokes, who are the really rich people in the world, right? Um, I mean, that's who we write for, right? And yeah. then we, and then we still, we still, yeah, Rodney, he's my, Rodney is my audience. I can see him just really getting down with my sense of humor. Um, but, you know, you... We're going to have audience questions very shortly. But if a man had, if a man had made a joke about autism... Yes, I am saying that. <laughs> if a man had said that, we would understand he was joking. We would understand that he was making a brave kind of joke. One thing about women writers is everyone always thinks that a first-person narrator is you. Uh, with a male writer, they assume imagination, or they assume that maybe imagination is possible. But with a female writer, we always assume that the writer is writing out of her own experience because she's too dumb to make anything But up. I think there's a big exception. If the female writer is British, it's okay. Mm. No, seriously. I, there's a, it's, it's, you know, Laura Zygmunt, actually, who's, you know, writer of comic novels that, you know, have been packaged as, as chick lit for, for, you know, whatever and various reasons, you know, she said the one way to avoid the, you know, we were having a conversation about, about chick lit, the one way to avoid it is to be British. <laughs> and you can be funny and they will sort of take you seriously as a funny person, I think because Americans sort of fetishize British humor and, you know, I... Just putting it out there. So you might want to change your, Look into your that. citizenship. Yeah. Um, is Any there, other questions? Is there, is there, is it, yeah. So is there anything that, um, like, what's, what's, the worst, what's the worst reader reaction you've had to something that you thought was, was funny? That you were just like, oh, come on. Just a lack of, just a complete lack of sense of humor and people being focused on, like, what I consider to be this sort of, like, PSA mentality. Like... You know, I, I wrote this essay about my sisters and I for the New York Times magazine, and um, it was about how comparing us to the March girls and little women and how we were not anything like them. There were similarities, <laughs> but that we were just like throwing each other down staircases, and my parents would go out to dinner, and my sisters, like, we had just watched the Patty Hearst story, and they hogtied me, and they <laughs> threw me in a linen closet with our dog Guinness until my parents got, oh, oh, they just calmly turned off the TV and were like, we're the SLA and you're Patty Hearst. And I was like, I'm blonde, I can't be Patty Hearst, you know. And so they did all these awful things and threw me in the closet with the dog. And, um, you, know, dog. I, you know, I try not to read, like, those comments at the bottom of the, of the Times website, um, but it, one of them was like, I, I can't believe, this is just awful. This is, the, you know, I'm like, it's called comedy. You know what I mean? Uh, when people are too earnest, like, that must have been very painful for you. And you're like, yeah, it was. Can you lighten up, you know? Um, or they'll, somebody else commented, um, like, I, well, I hope she's not treating, letting her own children treat each other that way. And it's like... <laughs> Like, everything is about, like, the knife's too sharp, the coffee's yeah. too hot, you know, lawsuits. It's like, can, is there anything that, that um, is funny anymore? You know, so the title of this panel should be, Can, anything, can Anyone Be right, Funny? Right, right. Because people are really, um, I don't know, they just sometimes, that, that amazes me. That's the worst reaction when you're, like, when people don't get It's a literal time. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just awful. Yeah. But people are also looking for the opportunity to, you know, I mean, it's a self-righteous sort of forum, right? Any kind of online commenting, it's sort of like, well, I can tell she's got a lot of problems, and oh, I wouldn't be, I knew someone like that, you know, it's just very, um, it's, you know, whatever, I mean, I, it, it's kind of understandable, 
It's their own way of being funny. They don't have the same, they're not holding the mic, and so, you know. Lisa, you've been on book tour, so have you, what have you encountered in terms of audience laughter and reaction and getting itness? I don't know. You, you know that scene in um, The Producers where they're singing Springtime and Hitler for Germany and there's a pan in the audience's face and they're all like... <laughs> Often I feel when I'm reading, you know, that that's what it looks like. But I'm probably, I'm probably wrong. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Okay, well, we can take some audience questions now. Hi, I'm Annie Lukowski. Um, I'm a comedy writer for New Media. And uh, very often we hear people say to us, you know, women will watch men and women. And then Wait, men, say that again? Women? Women will watch men and women, but men will only watch other men. So when you're making your humor, make sure you give, like, guy humor. So be heavy, heavy on the guy humor and just sort of sprinkle in the girl humor. Do you, do you find yourself curtailing your writing that way as well? I had a friend who's, like, a very commercial writer. I think I was you know, putting, like, finishing the book, or I, I was, you know, just talking to her about writing the book, and she says, just try to remember, you're really trying to open it up and speak to all women. And I was like, no, I'm not. I am not speaking to women in any way. So I don't, like, that, I feel, is a weird thing when people assume that because you're a woman, you're writing for women. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy to me, unless you're writing about, you know, certain gynecological issues, <laughs> you know. I, that doesn't make sense to me um, at all. And I think that if you try to write for men, and I think there's, unfortunately, there is some truth to the fact that, like, men don't want to read about women's lives. Um, and actually, Meg Wolzer has a great article about mm -hmm. um, the low numbers of women's books that are being reviewed as well as female reviewers. It's like 20 to 30 percent across the board, like New Yorker, Atlantic, all down the line, Paris Review. Um, and she sort of makes this claim that, you know, Jeffrey Eugenides, the marriage plot with the ring on the front, that, that if that had been written by a woman, it wouldn't be like the lauded, you know, book that it is. Um, because and he's, you know, writing about marriage. But if a woman was writing about relationships and whatnot, um, it's less interesting to men. I've got daughters that have graduated college or in college, and they also grew up in a house full of girls, and they could be funny with each other the way I was in a house of all boys, brothers. But I think it's very generational. Um, I'm, in a, I'm an architect. I deal with a male profession and women have to act a little differently and I've seen now that I'm mentoring younger women they have a more of a freedom because of the generational thing and I also see my daughter who is a writer out of college that she could do humor equally with her male counterparts differently than older women and your thing about Tina Fey she was she's been funny for a long time she used to not funny and pretty doesn't go together She's allowed, now that she's successful, to be pretty. I don't think it's just motherhood. There was a famous, just back to what you were just saying, uh, Jonathan Franzen was quoted um, in a newspaper article saying he learned from John Updike that you could write about family in a meaningful way. <laughs> what the hell? You learn this from Optike, not from Austin, not from any of the women writers who write about... Or Paula Fox, who he claims to have rediscovered, right? Right, right. 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 I mean, it's just nutty. There's the, the, the imprimatur is still with a certain, kind of, a certain kind of writing, but I absolutely agree with you that it's shifting. I'm wondering if this new trend of female sitcoms, female-led sitcoms like Whitney and The Mindy Show, do you think it's a good idea, but executed like with the wrong person and who would you pick from popular culture right now to lead some kind of sitcom like that a lot of the sitcoms have but like whitney is a really good example and a new girl i mean a lot of people love it it's you know it's girlish i personally i find that you know a lot of these a lot of this genre the concerns always revolve around how do I seem? How do I manage my boyfriend? My boyfriend's doing, you know, girls run off into the bathroom and 
you know, reassure each other and come back. It's a very it kind of like, like real life. Yeah, preteen <laughs> level of uh, processing. Um, I mean, I think Lena Dunham is a great role model as far as that goes, though, because she's... And now she's made $3.75 million for her book, so now I guess she can get a guy. <laughs> well, how do you... I, I, I think she's been getting guys. We should, probably, yeah. we should probably talk about Lena Dunham briefly before this conversation is over, so I won't, maybe somebody will ask a question, but if you want to work Lena Dunham into any of your well, answers... I just, just, I just think, I think it's a brilliant show. I, I don't know what you think about it. Uh, I, I've never seen portrayals of dating when I was that age that were that accurate. Um, that's all I have to say. Yeah. I, think, I think she's just a really good example of this idea that you can't wait, particularly in this, in this age, why would you wait for somebody to give you permission to have the voice that you want to have? Because if nobody wants to publish your book, publish it yourself. If nobody wants right. to make your TV show, make it yourself. Things can be done cheaply. Um, there is no reason to wait for anybody in any higher position to say it's okay to be, you know, uh, who you know, overweight lady or whatever the character is. People are talking about different characters. Um, there's no reason to, to ask for permission anymore. This doesn't make sense. And so she's a great example. But she's also a director and a writer. And I will definitely say that... Um, she didn't get that show. She got that show because she made this small movie, Tiny Furniture, that was very, very well received and liked. But she was in. She was firmly in the driver's seat. Like people talk about, she's 26. She luckily, you know, can write a film script and can write these episodes. But she also knows how to direct them. So if somebody decides they don't want yeah. to have her show on HBO anymore, she's perfectly capable of turning around and making it like Louis C.K. makes his show on the cheap. So that's what's really important, like the Catherine Bigelow's and the people who are writing and directing are, are in such a much better position. But that's true of the men, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. just a general. As a general, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> right, very true. Question over here to your right. Hi, my name is Todd Gold. And I'm curious... Um, you know, the, the whole premise of this panel is, can women be funny? I'd really like to hear you talk about women who are funny and have been funny. There's so many things uh, that you've touched on that I think need a little more perspective. You should read Yale Cohen's book. This yeah, new, it's, it's coming out next week, right? By uh, FSG? I think it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's called We Killed. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. And it's an oral history that traces a lot of that development and how people made the leaps. But I'm, I'm only qualified to talk about writers. I mean, I'm not in, I'm not in the biz. I'm just passing through LA. Yeah, don't <laughs> ask her. I, have, uh, uh, I live in New Jersey. I, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but I agree with what you're saying. And I, and I, and I particularly agree with your point that, that it isn't just that the women are doing it. It's that the kind of perceptions you get when women do things are sometimes eye-opening and different. Uh, so I agree with you. I've worked in entertainment on the agency side for a while, and I've represented a fair number of female directors and writers. I have read year after year the WGA with their really abysmal statistics yeah. for female employment in television and film. Yet there have been a number of women who have headed networks and headed studios without much progress in that regard. Have you encountered sort of this institutional resistance to hiring women in positions where they have some influence with regards to writing and directing? And do you think that the new media that is emerging now will offer more opportunities since there's not that gatekeeper mentality that has existed for a number of years in entertainment? I started out in 96 writing for a humor website called suck.com. Um, and I, um, you know, I find personally reading stuff online, I find so many great, uh, really funny women who write online these days. Um, there's such a diversity of voices and so, you know, I mean, we're slagging on mom blogs, but I, I, when I'm sniffing around for funny women writers, they're really everywhere, it's crazy. And you realize that so many of the women uh, you know, it, it, you're so used to kind of writing off women like 
even if you agree, of course, it's absurd. Women are just as funny as men. You, d you know, before the web, you didn't run, you didn't just bump up against a million funny writers like you do now. I mean, um, so yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity as far as writing and directing goes. I mean, I don't, I, you know. I think there is still this perception um, where we're, you know, the, there's, we're happy that women are, are more represented as characters and writers and directors and the whole thing, but not too much. Like, that's, yeah, that's within reason, you know. It's like a carried away. I mean, let's not have a show called Women, you know, on HBO. <laughs> you know, old ladies, spinsters, you know, tarts, you know. Um, we've got girls. Let's keep it there. You know what I mean? I think there's definitely that. Definitely. I think that, you know, I don't know. I just Women find it of a certain age. There you go. Well, there wasn't there Golden Girls. Golden Girls was a huge hit. Um, but I, I so in terms of like, and I think that women are in power positions in magazines, and Sue Nagel is the head of HBO Entertainment Division, and they're everywhere. You know, most of my editors are, are women, and um, but I do think that that twenty to thirty percent where things hover, and I don't know the TV rate. I just know the statistic for magazines um, is twenty to thirty percent, but. I don't know. I think that it's like, yes, let's bring another show in. Yes, let's bring in New Girl. Yes, Mindy. Yes, the, the more Hot the better. Girl. Tall yes. girl. Yeah, short girl. <laughs> Wide girl, yeah. You say, can women be funny? Well, if you were in a convent, you would know that that answer is yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. So, but I'm interested that nobody's mentioned Joan Rivers. Wait, um, did Megan you mention Joan oh, Rivers? Oh, I, I guess I didn't I, hear you. Yeah. You know, um, she was never one of my favorite uh, women in comedy until I saw her documentary. And that, wow, she, yeah. she is an amazing woman. And she's actually, I think, a lot nicer than she puts herself out there as sometimes. But um, as far as having a voice and having to struggle to make it in this world, I think that she's a real... Um, she really stands as a symbol and as a, a champion in a way. Anyway, just wanted to share that. I don't know if you have a comment on that. I think a convent would make a great sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny and sound of music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> have your own production company. Can women be feminine and funny at the same time? Didn't I ask you that and you refused to answer? No, we did answer it. We discussed the, the pretty question. Uh, well, you know, I think it's. I think feminine. it's still. I think it's still alive. It's. But the the question. I think that is. Um, you know. Uh, I think it's hard. I mean, I think that like I was talking about, like going. You know, the outward look and then and then being gazed upon. I think that um, humor is a very active, uh, intelligent. You know, thing that happens, and it's not about. I think we think of femininity as receiving, or as my mother said. Jeannie, you'll never be a pitcher. You'll always be a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> to which I really didn't quite know what she meant. <laughs> but I think what she was saying was... Uh, Manhattanville like College, by the way. Um, Catholic uh, University. Um, I think what she... <laughs> I think what she was saying is, you know, hold on there, kid. Don't, like, you're, you're a woman, so try to, you know, try to catch a few balls instead of throwing them all. <laughs> and so I do. I think it is, I think it's an outward, I think it's a really yeah. um, powerful act. And I don't think people think of feminine as, as that kind of power. I think that we think of feminine as receiving. And, and also, just to add to that, I mean, all the studies that say, if you have jobs, you know that if you're at a table of 10 people and there's two women, the women are going to seem like they're monopolizing all the time, but if you count the minutes, as people in studies have done, it's the guys who are talking. So um, the amount you talk, I mean, look at us, we're just blathering away. Uh, you know, the amount you talk, if you're holding an audience, is in itself kind of a priori unfeminine because mm. you're supposed to listen right and be gorgeous and be gorgeous and feminine i mean i think tina fey had the best quote about the entertainment industry was you know like people are saying all these women in hollywood are crazy and she's like i guess the definition of crazy in hollywood is when nobody wants to fuck you anymore and you're still talking <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Next question. Bouncing off what they were saying about whether women can be beautiful and funny or feminine and funny at the same time, I'm wondering what your opinion is on someone like Jennifer Aniston or something, because people, I feel, or like her type, I almost feel like people laugh because she's so lovable and pretty and you like want to like her, and so I'm not sure if you think that's necessarily comedy, and I'm also wondering what you think about Kristen Wiig. Jennifer Aniston is very funny, actually. Her timing is really good. I mean, she, you forget because the, you watch her on Oprah, and she's really not funny on Oprah at all. I mean, she's a little funny. Um, and she does a lot of, you know, it's not, no, it's not true what people say. Oh, God, oh, God. I mean, that's, you know, you see a little bit too much of that, and you can't laugh at the person anymore. But when she was on Friends... She was the most talented. I mean, Lisa Kudrow obviously is great, but in terms of just the raw ability to take a joke and milk it, she had that more than anybody else on that show, and that includes Chandler. So, yeah, I think she's incredibly funny, actually. Um, I don't think that she happens to be gorgeous and dated, uh, you know, people who are hot. <laughs> who can keep talking forever because everyone wants to fuck them. Um, but Kristen Wiig is crazy hysterical, and Maya Rudolph also is one of my she's very great. favorites in the she's universe. She's I don't know if anybody knows Tig Notaro, too, but she's sort of a, she was just on This American Life, and she was talking about her breast cancer and the set that she did at Largo. And um, that doesn't seem like a really funny topic, and it's really great. She's hysterical. And Maria Bamford. She's I funny, love too. her. She's very funny. She's great. So, I mean, I think there are, be- there are obviously beautiful women who are incredibly funny. It doesn't, I don't think that the beauty takes away from them unless they but, but emphasize It's not a natural. It. There's, there, there's the but funny lady much. who's being pursued, and then there's the friend but who's, I'm not, sorry, who's they're funny. They're not writers. They're actors. They are in a vehicle. Uh, so I think it's a different kind of attention you command uh, when you are performing in that way than with, when you were generating the material. Um, you know, so we really need to talk about writer-directors who are also very funny. I mean, yeah, Lucille Ball is the first example. Lucy, nobody knew what to do with Lucille Ball for 20 years. You know, she was just sort of like a contract player and she wasn't quite pretty enough to be a big star. Um, and then, you know, when she's like 39 or 40, you know, she has this show, I Love Lucy, and has her kids, and then she's, obviously her production company was, you know, she was very powerful, she knew exactly what she was doing, she was controlling the whole thing, you know, it wasn't, um, Carol Carol Burnett, (laughs) my God, yeah. They're all in this book, I I recommend it, Um, it, it's very interesting, and just as a kind of history of the genre. Mm. Yep. We Sarah, we Sarah yeah we could kill Sarah Silverman have, yeah. yes we killed is the book and uh, yeah it's not I mean I out find her yet. kind of excruciating but yes all right anyway. with that we'll we're talk about move it over on. drinks you guys can talk about it <laughs> okay. at yeah, in the reception thank you so much thank you.